Ryan Burrow with Quest for Gold on WGNRadio.com. Last week, we spoke to Brady Tanell ahead of her performance at Skate America in Las Vegas, kicking off her 2019-2020 competitive skating season. She finished second with a silver. Nathan Chen won gold on the men's side. He's the first man in 22 years to win three straight Skate America titles. Madison Hubble and Zachary Donahue winning gold for Ice Dance. The skaters now across the border for the Skate Canada competition. West Suburban raised Kevin McDowell took bronze at the triathlon in South Korea. American Matt McElroy took home the gold. Last week, two-time Olympic gold medal swimmer and North Suburban native Connor Dwyer was issued a 20-month ban for testing positive for an anabolic agent that, according to the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, that canceled any hopes he had of making Team USA for the Tokyo Games. After the ban, Dwyer retired. This is an issue we plan to talk more about in future episodes of Quest for Gold. Dwyer won a gold in London and another in Rio in the 4x200 relays. Congrats to two-time World Cup champ and 2016 Olympic soccer player Alex Morgan. She and her husband announcing this week they're expecting a child in April. In Simone Biles' news, if you haven't had a chance to see the first pitch she threw out at Game 2 of the World Series in Houston, we put it on the page. She does it in a way that only Simone Biles can. We opened up talking about skating. Let's get back to that topic. 2018 bronze medalist Adam Rapon retired from competitive skating one year ago. Since then, he's done Dancing with the Stars, appeared in Taylor Swift's video for Calm Down, and has a book out called Beautiful on the Outside. During the 2018 Olympics, you may remember he refused to meet with Vice President Mike Pence over Pence's alleged stance on conversion therapy. Rapon is openly gay. There were tweets that went back and forth between the two. He appeared in Chicago last week as part of his book tour. We chatted by phone about the Olympics, being a celebrity, and John Coughlin, an Olympic skater who committed suicide earlier this year after allegations of sexual misconduct with female skaters. When you reflect on that time uh, at the Olympics, what what comes to mind? Is it kind of that fun, carefree, or is it kind of um, hampered by the, the, the tweet uh, sparring with uh, the vice president? You know, when I think about the Olympics, I, I really really do think about um i think more about how long i had waited to go um it was like my third time trying to make the team and i knew it would also be the last time i would try to make the team um and just i, I there's just like this overwhelming sense of like accomplishment of having finally made it and i was there and literally anything could have gone on and it wouldn't have like taken away from like just the incredible experience that I had while I was there. What were some of the cooler moments uh, maybe off the ice that that you remember? Um, I think for me, one of the coolest moments was for sure walking in the opening ceremonies. It was, I I know that like you watch it on TV and you have this like huge idea of like what it would be. Um, but it was so, so much different and so much cooler than I thought it was going to be. I do remember, though, that, you know, they announced you in alphabetical order of the, according to the language of the host country. So, like, you know, America was, like, uh, one of the first countries uh, for how it's spelled in the Korean alphabet. So we go out and, you know... It's amazing, it's incredible, but like I'm looking around, I'm like, oh, it doesn't look like there's a lot of people in the audience. And so once we, we, we start walking and, uh, and um, a lot of the athletes have had to compete soon, you walk and then you end up leaving right away. So um, I was one of the athletes that needed to leave right away. 
um, I get on the bus and I start, t- you know, saying to my friends, I'm like, that's amazing. But I was like, were, was anybody in the stands? And then they were like, Adam, you're an idiot because there were no, like, all of the athletes weren't seated. That's why all of those seats were empty. We were the first ones out there. <laughs> so, <laughs> not my brightest moment, but I do like, I like love thinking about that. It's just kind of funny. When you reflect on the bronze medal, uh, you know, what are your feelings? Do you wish you could have converted it to something higher? Are you satisfied with it? Where are you a year later and thinking about your performance there at the Olympics? Um, I'm, I mean, the performances I had are like ones that I dreamed of at the Olympics. And I think once you get there, a medal of like any color is such a huge accomplishment. And I'm, so proud of like my teammates who also skated so well and you know it was it was a team effort and I think that like that that medal symbolizes like a lot of work that we've all put in and and how we've known each other for so many years um and uh I I really I wouldn't change it I wouldn't I wouldn't change it I think that um you know I'm, I'm so proud of it I'm so proud of my teammates it's it's just a really a really awesome thing that we had got to do together. All right, so tell me about the book. What's it called? Where can we find it? It's called Beautiful on the Outside, um, and you can find it on, at any Barnes and Noble at on Amazon. Um, I recorded the audio version of the book a few months ago, so I'm excited to because I haven't heard it yet either. So I'm excited to listen to it as well. Um, but yeah, it was it was a really great process to kind of put it together. I wanted to put something together that was, um, you know, uh, talked about my experience at the Olympics, but also talked about when I was growing up. I wanted to make sure that the book was really funny. And I'm, in the back of my mind while writing it, I was thinking that, like, if this book had a mother book, I would want it to be Bossy Pants by Tina Fey. So I really <laughs> wanted to go in the vein of something that was, like, lighthearted, that you would laugh along with, and that hopefully that a lot of the lessons that I learned throughout my life, I wanted to share those as well. Are you in a point of a career transition right now? I mean, is is that what's going on? I mean, obviously, you, you stopped competing competitively. I believe it was in 2018. So kind of is this a way to close the book or to open the book for for open a new chapter for the future? I think that's kind of exactly what I was thinking. In a way, writing this book has been like therapy because it's been the close of one chapter and the beginning of um, of another one in my um, in my life. You know, I skated for almost 20 years competitively and um I, I knew, and it just felt like the right time. After I had those skates at the Olympics, I just felt like I, I, I didn't, I had this sense of calm kind of come over me where it was like I landed that last jump in my final skate at the Olympics, and I was like, I, I think I'm finished. <laughs> and it was a, it, it's a really amazing feeling, and it's a sense of clarity that I know a lot of athletes don't get to feel. Um, but it, it truly is, this book is sort of like, you know, the end of one chapter in the beginning of a new book in a way do you wake up some mornings and you're and you're still in that mind frame of i got to go out and competitively skate i mean we've t- i've talked to football players who they retire at the end of a season and then all of a sudden you know football season rolls around the next season and they get the itch you know i'm supposed to be back out on the field same with baseball players do you get that feeling sometimes Oh, a hundred percent. I mean, like you have the, your like events calendar. You know, it's your calendar for your entire life, um, and it's just ingrained in your brain that like you have a national championships in January, you have the world championships in March. Like every four, year, your life is lived in four-year segments as like an Olympic-level athlete. 
um, that you, you wait around for those four years. You plan around. Your short-term goals are one year. Your long-term goals are four and eight years away. So it's you live in that mindset for such a long time that um, it's impossible not to think that way. And, of course, there were some moments where I was like, maybe I'm not finished. Maybe I want to compete more. And then it's really easy to decide that you're like, no, I've had way too many cheeseburgers to ever, like, turn around now. So when people see you on the street, do they recognize you as Adam the Olympian or Adam the Dancing with the Stars champion? Um, It kind of goes, it it does go um, different ways sometimes. And I think, like, I have been really lucky that I've done a lot of other things um, outside of skating and and outside of Dancing with the Stars. So sometimes it's a, a combination of um, from seeing me from something else or seeing me as a skater and um, it's it's definitely a, a mixed bag of a million different things. Do you, do you have any like maybe old men come up to you and say I recognize you from the Taylor Swift video? I mean have, have you had any kind of unique uh, things like how the heck did you notice me from that or recognize me from that? I've had a few where it was like I did like a few videos for like um uh, Cosmo, where somebody had only seen me from the Cosmo videos, and I was like, huh, that's, I mean, I'm grateful and love that because I love doing like those little projects and, you know, cu- coming into the office and making everybody laugh. But I always think it's funny. It's like, you know, you work your whole life to be this like Olympic athlete, and then they're like, oh, we noticed you when you talk, when you like were drinking wine on Cosmo, and you're like, got it. We've seen over the last year, year and a half, two years, the Me Too movement, the Dr. Larry Nasser stuff come out of of Michigan State. Uh, Figure skating's been under scrutiny, too, about how uh, trainers, uh, you know, have have been handling uh, athletes, how coaches have been handling athletes. Um, Now that you're on the outside looking in and can maybe be a little more critical, uh, is U.S. figure skating handling this the right way? Uh, Have you noticed any of these kind of abuses take place? Um, well, I think in figure skating, we're very lucky because uh, we did not have a, a team doctor who had been seeing um, girls over years and had basically been, you know, very much abusing a, a place of power. Um, and people didn't question it because he was the doctor. Why would you question the doctor? And um, I think for the people that came forward, they're incredibly brave um, because they've saved a lot of people from this abuse. Um, they've validated a lot of people's feelings of, of, the, of former athletes who were abused and thinking that maybe they did something wrong. Um, and I think it's given a lot of power to um, other um, you know, young athletes who were abused uh, when they were training and competing as well. Um, I think right now there's like this huge culture shift in what is appropriate for a coach to do and what is appropriate for their training mates. And you, you come across so many different ages of people training in the same in the same space. So I think that there is a huge shift in what is considered appropriate and what it, you know isn't. You just don't you go, oh, that's just them. Um, that you say, you know, this is inappropriate, you need to change your behavior, you need to get out, or you need to pay the consequences. And um, I think it's really important because you want sports to be a place that you can feel safe. You want uh, sports to be a place where you can grow. 
um, the, the road as an athlete is so challenging and difficult enough that you don't need to be worried about your safety or your child's safety while they're pursuing their dreams. That shouldn't be a worry. Um, and I think it's really important that we have these open conversations, that people are open to discussion, and that um, we listen to people when they come forward because uh, it takes a lot of courage to speak, you, you know, speak your truth. Were you were you surprised by the John Coughlin news? Yes, I was. I was shocked, actually. You know, John was someone that I knew for so many years, and it just never occurred to me that he would um, be capable of doing something like that. It was heartbreaking. Um, it still is heartbreaking. But when I think of the people that have come forward, um, you know, I stand with them. I I hear them. And I think that, you know, their voices are hopefully going to um, really influence a lot of change. Adam's book was released this month. You can find it anywhere books are sold. Next week, we stick with the winter sports, and we're talking to Buffalo Grove-grown Megan Bozick, who is in town for the Women's Hockey Showcase in Chicago. You can hear that only on our next Quest for Gold at WGNRadio.com. I'm Ryan Burrow.